as we talk about social networking and education, mean and more. Um, we want to welcome our special guest with us today, Steve Hargadon. My name is Kim Case, <coughs> and we're going to start with just a brief overview of using Illuminate for those who are new to our session. Every Saturday we have this session at 11 a.m. Central Time and 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are so thankful and grateful that you're here today. We're going to have a great time talking about social networking and education, Ning and more, with the Ning guru, Steve Hargadon. Each week we have a topic, and we inform you of that the week before so you can be prepared to share ideas, tools, or resources centered around that topic. We also have a newbie question of the week so that you can bring questions that you might have or experiences. We're also having um, open mic time where you can share some highlights, successes, or even a question at that point so that you can plan for the following show. And at the end of the show, we tell you all the information for the following show. At the end of this show, we'd like to spend a few minutes sharing highlights of this past week. So be thinking of something that you'd like to share and take the mic at that time. If you haven't done so already, you may you feel free to run the audio wizard. Click on tools in the menu at the top, select audio, and then select the audio setup wizard so that you'll be ready to go when it's time for the audience participation. For those who haven't seen the Illuminate uh, whiteboard and tools before, there's a time when we're going to be asking polling questions, and so you'll find those responses at the top in your menu. The green check is going to mean yes. The red X is going to be no. And so you'll click on that for each polling question to cast your vote. In the middle part underneath the participant window, is a hand with a green arrow. That's the hand that you raise if you'd like to ask a question or to take the mic to share something with us when we get to that point. There are two emoticons that you can use, and the other hand is for applause, if you'd like to applaud something that somebody has shared. Um, and the bottom one is a thumbs down, so hopefully you won't be using that too often today in our show. The little door on the right-hand side is if you need to step away, you click on that, and that will let us know that you're not at your computer. If you wanted to send a chat or a message to everybody, you would type your message in the, the box and above the Send button. When you're ready, you'd click the Send button and make sure it says to this room so that it goes to everybody in the room and not just to the moderators or to one specific person. When it's time for the audience participation, you're going to click on the microphone icon at the bottom left. It's like using a walkie-talkie, so you would click on it when you're speaking. When you're finished speaking, please uh, release the mic by clicking on it to turn off the mic. You can adjust the volume of your microphone and of the speaker in the session uh, by sliding those two buttons on the black sliders at the bottom left. There are tools to use the whiteboard, and we're going to be using a tool in a moment called the laser pointer, and then you're going to be writing some information or putting some information on the whiteboard, but those tools are found right there in the middle.
If you can't see all of the chat or you wanted to change the layout, you can click on View at the top menu and then click on Layouts. The first time you do this, they're initially locked. So you have to click on Layout Locked to unlock it. And then you can pick any of the layouts that are already there in the system. Or you can click on each window and drag it to any size that you like that fits your um, needs and your screen size. We're going to be doing introductions in just one moment. So um, in the chat window, if you haven't already typed your name and located, and the weather or time in your area, you can do that. We're also going to be using the laser pointer. And the laser pointer is the blue stick with the red sunburst at the end. And we're going to be using that to indicate where you're from. So on this world map, if you will please click on the laser pointer, and then click in the location where you're from in the world. And it kind of goes to the left. So you have to click on the, the little dial and drag it over a little bit, the little sunburst. Uh, but we'd like to see where you're from, see all of the representations throughout the world. We want to welcome everybody today. And if you take a few minutes and let us know where you're from, we'd appreciate it. We have a great representation of people throughout the world um, here in the show today. Now, let's go ahead and go on to our first polling question. And you're going to need to click possibly on your mouse point and change it to a pointer in the whiteboard tools. Okay, at the top of your menu, you're going to click yes, the green check for yes, and the red X for no. Have you ever joined the Neem community? If you have, click the red X. If you've not ever joined one, then I'm sorry, if you have, click the green check. And if you have not, then click the red X. I'm seeing a lot of green checks, and that's wonderful. We'll be talking about memes and some other social networking um, in just a bit. Let me go ahead and get the results. And it's an overwhelming response of 75% have used a name before, and 1% have not. And so hopefully that will change um, in a few days if we were to ask again that everybody will have joined a name at one point. Okay, let's go on to the next polling question. Have you ever created a name community? Please click the red X for no and a green check for yes if you have ever created a mean community. I'll give you just a few more seconds to cast your vote. Let me go ahead and post those results. And it looks like 41% have created a mean community and 39% have not. So that's a pretty close uh, percentage rate for creating and not creating a meme. I personally have not done so, but I'm uh, participating in several memes. So now I'm going to pass the mic to our wonderful guest, Steve Hargadon, to answer our newbie question, which is, how do I find and join a meme network? Steve, you want to take it away? Hi, Before Steve does that, can I introduce him? 
I mean, this is this yes, is my true absolutely. pleasure of the morning. <laughs> With all of the wonderful Web 2.0 tools we have available to us that provide us with so many ways to interact and connect and collaborate, our challenge really becomes how do we find the right tool to help us do what we want to do? Um, whether it's a tool to help us learn and develop our own professional knowledge or a tool to help teachers and students collaborate and manage online learning is a tough decision. It's really easy to jump in and then quickly find how overwhelmed you are with all of the information you're trying to manage. I certainly have experienced that myself. So our very own resident expert, Steve, who has mentored and inspired so many of us on this journey, is joining us today to help us sort this all out and to specifically discuss Ning and their communities and how they can support you in this process. So now I'll turn it over to Steve for the newbie question. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Peggy. Sure, fun to be here. Um, can I tell a couple of stories first? Do I, I have that latitude? Absolutely. Okay. So, I had a really fun week. Um, I don't know if anybody was um, has been watching, but uh, Classroom 2.0 just hit 19,000 members. And uh, that's really fun for me because in large part, when, when Classroom 2.0 was at three or 400 members, we thought, wow, this is really great. I think what Classroom 2.0 represents to me is um, an opportunity to open the door a little to understanding social networks as um, a really powerful tool in education. And and we, you know, we came uh, out of MySpace and Facebook thinking um, that social networks weren't maybe the best thing in the world or that they didn't have great application for education. And part of what I really like about Classroom 2.0 is that it seems to have opened the door to understanding uh, social networking a little bit better in education. Um, this week was a lot of fun in part because I had two Future of Education interviews, uh, one with Keith Kruger uh, from COSIN. Uh, we had about 75 people in there. And I really love Keith's message about technology and education. And that's, uh, that recording is up on the futureofeducation.com site. The second was that we had John Palfrey on for the Classroom 2.0 PBS interview this week, and we had 200 people in the room at one point in time. And this chat that we're looking at right now is very tame compared to the chat that we saw uh, with John Palfrey. Uh, it was almost impossible to follow all of the chat. And we, I need to think about that a little because that was just, um, there was so much chat, I think it was really distracting. And, and people had different responses to it. But uh, I'll be curious to get feedback from you as to how you think that um, added or detracted from the show. Um, we held a Classroom 2.0 live workshop in Honolulu. I want to make a pitch for these. They're um, free live sessions on um, using Web 2.0 tools in the classroom. I think Peggy and I met that way in Arizona. Uh, it was really fun. We learned one big lesson. One woman told us that uh, people had actually been told they couldn't go to the workshop because it mentioned social networking. And that if it had said 21st century skills, that there, there would have been more uh, willingness to have people there. So I'm curious as to y your sense in the chat there, if you'd let me know. You know, does the phrase social networking still 
um, create a sense of distrust um, or concern uh, in your educational environment? And, and does it make sense to start calling it 21st century skills when we're advertising events uh, around helping educators understand these technologies? The, it was really fun to watch this group uh, in Hawaii because when we got the streaming video, this otherwise relatively thoughtful kind of uh, quiet group just went berserk. Uh, there was giggling and laughing, and it was really, really fun uh, to do the streaming video piece. Um, uh, for those of you who followed along, you will know that there were no rental cars in Maui. I went to Maui afterwards uh, for a couple of events, and uh, we ended up. My wife and I ended up renting a scooter. <laughs> there was a tweet attempt to find me a rental car through Twitter. It did not end up working out. There just weren't any rental cars, so uh, we had a legitimate excuse to take our lives into our hands and zip around Maui on a uh, little rented scooter. I also did a remote conference presentation. Lee Colbert, who's in the room, was was at the presentation in Florida. It was to the National Educational Broadband Services Association and did a two-hour um, uh, uh, live conference presentation through Illuminate um, that actually went fairly well. I mean, I was really, uh, at least correct me, an hour and a half. Um, there were a couple of times I think that they lost the connection there uh, in Boca Raton, Florida. But uh, it was surprising to me. I, I could see the video of the participants and they could see me. It was surprising to me how much uh, I actually was comfortable doing that and could ask them questions, ask them to raise their hand to kind of indicate a response um, and really enjoyed that and thought it was a lot of fun. Okay, so uh, moving right along. There is a fun event coming up this week, uh, Wednesday and Palm Springs as part of the Q conference from 12 noon until 9 p.m. There's an EduBloggerCon, which is a free educational blogger and Classroom 2.0 friends meetup. This will be a lot of fun. It is free. It is uh, being sponsored by Q. You can go to EduBloggerCon.com. If someone wouldn't mind typing that into the um, chat, it's in the, um, the regular um, whatever that uh, you know, uh, conference center is there in Palm Springs. Uh, if, you, if you're coming in l later on Wednesday, feel free to, um, to come as late as you'd like. Uh, if you aren't going to queue, you can still go to Edge of BloggerCon. And uh, Lorraine is asking, are we going to stream it? We are going to stream uh, the whole Edge of BloggerCon through Illuminate, which should be a lot of fun. So um, the, the links for that are all up at, uh, at jabloggercon.com. And thanks, Castro Line, for, for putting that up. And also, uh, on Monday, I, I think it will be mentioned, I'm doing an interview with Gary Stager. But, but also quite fun at Q, I'm going to do a live interview from Q with Diana Kimball and Alex Levitt, who are two of the student interns who helped uh, work on John Palfrey's uh, book, Born Digital. And that should be a lot of fun. I'm going to broadcast that from the Bloggers Cafe. So if you are at Q and want to have some fun, that's Thursday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. We'll do that live interview with um, Alex and Diana. I also thought it would be kind of fun to tell you, um, I took a helicopter ride in Maui, and I U-streamed it. 
And I got so excited about the idea of doing this. Um, I, I took my Logitech uh, Orbit camera. And if you go to, I'll give you the link here. Uh, you can see there's one longer video. It depended on the, you know, I had a broadband connection with Verizon. And so I had to, um, you know, there were times when I knew the helicopter was going to go out of range. And I'm not sure I set the settings correctly in Ustream to account for the fact that, you know, it was a broadband connection. I probably should have reduced the video. But there's at least one 10-minute bit and um, very fun to watch and very fun to think about the idea of actually now with my little, I have one of those little netbooks. It's the Asus that Costco is selling for $299 now with Windows XP and uh, 160 gig hard drive. But I could just stick that in a small backpack, have the, the cable to a small webcam, and then actually live stream um, some kind of activity or event. So uh, I'm trying to think of why I'm so excited about that. But I am. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, um, projects where you go uh, to certain places and you can actually live stream that event uh, now so easily. So anyway, I know people have been doing live streaming for a while, but I got kind of excited about that. And I'm going to get you the link. Not that there's anything great to see there, but it is kind of fun to see uh, what it, what it's like to, um, you know, actually try and do that and. I thought I had the link here. I don't. It's at ustream.tv, and if you do a search on EdTech Live, E-D-T-E-C-H-L-I-V-E, -E, um, you can find it. Okay, so uh, moving right along, how to find uh, and join a Ning network? Okay, well there are a couple of ways. One of which is you can go to um, Ning's actual site, and I'm going to start us on a web tour here, and I'm going to take you to the Ning search page for um, looking for social networks. And I will tell you right off the bat that I don't think this is a great strength here of Ning. I think the search feature is not terrific. But this is one place you can start. I did. I am using the XP version of um, on the Acer just because I had some things I wanted to be able to do that I'm, even as a Linux fan, I wasn't, um, wasn't sure how to do in Linux. Here's the, here's the home page for uh, Ning's networks for searching. And as you can see, uh, there's a search network box there. Uh, Ning's done a pretty good job of getting rid of the adult networks. So you don't have to be too worried unless anybody has a, a current concern that uh, you should be able to search those um, pretty comfortably. And you can search for education. I'll just put in a search for education. I don't think, since this is a web tour, that's going to, oh yeah, well, looks like it's going to pop up for you. But you can see um, different education sites and Classroom 2.0 there. Now, what in the world is that logo for Classroom 2.0? <laughs> I don't know what that's about. But uh, you can see ending in education, uh, future of education, Exchanges Connect I've, I've never seen before. But that looks really interesting, 8,000 members. Um, I want to uh, encourage you also to go to a site that uh, I started that's, uh, that was in part because I was finding that it was hard to find conversations that I was interested in through that name search. And it's conversations.net. And if you go to conversations.net, the idea here is that you should be able to look for conversations in social media websites. And you can see the, the main box that you search, Ning, Blogger, Google Groups, Yahoo Groups, etc. 
Um, if you want to just search Nang, you can do so in the box that's right below. And why don't we do um, project-based learning. I'm, I'm typing that into the just search Nang. And hopefully you're seeing on your screen, let me know if you are, maybe clap or smile. Uh, hopefully you're seeing actual uh, results that are um, from searching just using a Google custom search, just searching uh, name sites. So that if you were looking for a conversation around a specific educational topic, you can use that box just to search within name to look for conversations. And I think more and more, you know, my perception of the web is that we really that the web is becoming a conversation, and so um, that that we are going to be looking for places to talk about things that we care about, and um, it's fun to be able to find them easily. So I hope that's helpful to you. And I think I've, oh yeah, uh, I w I'm going to take you to uh, a wiki, and uh, if someone would type the link in the window when I get it up here. It's socialnetworksined.wikispaces.com. Socialnetworksined.wikispaces.com. You should see this wiki. It's a um, Wikispaces wiki. Well, social networks, sorry. It is live TV. Social networks and education, and I, I rearranged this a little this morning in preparation for the show. Uh, but you can see it's uh, listed by platform first, and then at the very bottom, you'll have to scroll down. I can't. I don't think I can scroll down for you. But you'll see it goes down all, all the way to other. Uh, the great majority of these uh, links are from Ning Networks, um, and they. they uh, they should be pretty informative. Some of them you're going to find are going to be private in your networks, but the whole idea was to give you an opportunity to see examples of other uh, networks that people have created for name, whether they're classroom networks or professional development networks. And um, again, at the bottom of this list, if you scroll all the way down, I did put that same search box uh, for searching from conversations.net. And if you look at the bottom just of the Ning section, you'll see I put that Ning custom search. So hopefully it's easy to find that there. Uh, you know, I did create this site so that you could add to it. So if you're running a Ning site and would like to add it in there, please do, or you know of a good one. Uh, those are good. This is a good place to, um, to list that site so that others can see it and find it. So that is my overview of how to find uh, NIM social networks. Thank you. <laughs> I bet you were wondering. <laughs> um, I just want to mention to everyone that we do create share tabs for all of the links that we prepare for the shows. And um, I dropped the link in the chat window, and it is also on our um, Classroom 2.0 Live um, website, so you can get it later. Um, but we have tried.
tried to include a lot of examples of various uh, networks that we thought you might be interested in, both those for professional use as well as some for classroom use. So be sure to check those out after the show. And um, I think we have all of the links in there that Steve has just shared with us, and um, uh, so you'll be able to find those again, too. So Steve, go ahead and just move right into the general topic, and we'll see where it takes us. I know that in the poll this morning, we found that almost everyone in the group um, ha had joined a NING community, but there were a lot of people who had not yet created one. So that might help to guide our conversation. So take it away. OK, that's great. So here's what I'm going to propose. Uh, what I'd like to do is give a short uh, overview of why I think uh, social networking is having such an impact. Then if there are a number of you who haven't actually started a NING network, uh, maybe it would make sense for me to actually create one and show you how easy it is. Uh, there's also a tutorial on the NING in education site, which is education.ning.com, that goes through a tutorial of creating a NING network as well. But uh, that might be uh, kind of a fun way to start. I also want to show you a new project I'm involved in that I think uh, will be really valuable. And um, uh, Rick Rudin from Illuminate is going to come on, and, and toward the end we'll actually have him uh, if we can demo that, because I think it's going to make a big difference uh, for you as educators. So uh, let's start with uh, the, you know, the whole question of why social networking um, is so significant. Um, you know, really, for me, blogging was the, the first opportunity to publish content to the web for free. Um, you know, the, of course, many of us had bought FrontPage or other programs. We had purchased uh, services online to publish to the web. But it wasn't until the blog came along that it really became possible for every man to very quickly uh, put up material. And uh, I think the, the success and the popularity of blogging is a great example or, or great, um, gives us a great insight into just how much we wanted to contribute to the web. It wasn't a, a really easy way or a naturally intuitive way uh, to put material up. And oftentimes you put material up and nobody ever saw it. Um, and it, um, you know, they always would, you know, the catch line was that you were going to blog to the empty room for nine months before you'd actually start developing an audience. But it was still so powerful that uh, we did it. And the word blog comes from the words web log. So you know, originally it was a way for people to post the sites that they had been to that they were finding interesting, and that became web blog became blog. I like to compare blogging with walking on stilts. For those of you who are longtime bloggers, you'll, you'll see even sort of a, a higher level to this um, imagery. But uh, it's it, it's a little bit hard to learn to do. Um, you feel very excited about it, and um, and longtime bloggers will know that you're a little bit above everybody else when you're a blogger. <laughs> You're standing a little bit higher. <clears throat> but for a lot of educators, it was a really hard message. Yes, learn to start a blog. With everything else you've got going, learn to start a blog. Um, blog for nine months until you start to get an audience. And then when you do, it will become transformative, and you, you will feel that your learning and life have changed. And I think you know, when, when those of us who are talking about this would go around, and ask people how many were blogging in the educational community, it w we should have been no surprise that just a few were. The, the next uh, 
you know, big change was were, wiki, were wikis. And uh, wikis um, can be a lot of things. Wikipedia really re represents the highest form of, uh, of a wiki. I like to remind people that, that uh, what Adam Fry says from Wikispaces is that a wiki is just a web page with an edit button. And the, the idea of <coughs> writing over someone else's writing and negotiating ultimate contact in a neutral point of view, which you get in Wikipedia, is really a pretty high level use of a wiki. A wiki can be a great way to just publish to the web, and it doesn't even need to be necessarily collaborative. Um, you know, at the, at the first level, it's just me clicking the edit button and putting content up on the web. So I put up my class outline, or I put up information, or links that I think are valuable. As opposed to the blog, this is not necessarily chronological. You know, it's a, <clears throat> an opportunity to put sorted content, organized content on the web. Now, at level two, I can have more than one person you know, helping me to do that. I, I build one page, they build another page. You know, we create a structure together, and we have content built together. And that's you know a great use of a wiki, and it and it doesn't get us into the tricky areas of Wikipedia. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and it really becomes you know a very significant opportunity for putting content uh, on the web. Um, but at the same time, if blogging was walking on stilts, then then wikis are like learning to juggle. I mean, I consider myself pretty much of a wiki fanatic, and it took me probably two years to be brave enough to, to post on my first wiki. It was hard. So then came social networking. And I think that, that helps to give some context to what was going on. You had blogs and you had wikis. Blogs were easy to post to, but they took a long time to have anybody find you and develop an audience. Wikis were great and easy to put up, but well, I, I've misspoken there. Wikis were great, but they were pretty complicated to learn, and they require kind of figuring out the whole concept of what a wiki was. So I don't think it should be any great surprise that when social networking came along, that it was so darn popular. You know, you could, in five minutes, create an account, uh, have your own personal page, and be in contact with other people, to be in conversation. So you had this great benefit of the easy conversation of blocks, but without the nine months of waiting, and the organizational capability of, of structuring your own site and page, you know, not, not as good as a wiki, but without all of the work. So I, I think m you know, MySpace and Facebook showed very quickly, just by their adoption rates, that social networking fulfilled um, a need and that it was sort of the next level of being able to get on the web and contribute. So here are some statistics, and they may or may not currently be accurate. It's hard to even get statistics on social networking, but <coughs> If there are 120,000 new blogs a day, MySpace has somewhere in the range of three times as many people join MySpace each day, then start blogging. And Facebook numbers—I haven't even tracked the new Facebook numbers—but you know they're just phenomenal. I think Facebook now has actually more page views than MySpace. You know, if MySpace were a country, we're told it might be the fifth or sixth most, pop most populous country in the world. It's possible it's even higher than that. Um, you know, Rick Rudin saying 170 million in Facebook. It, it, you know, we don't even know if those, how accurate those numbers are, but it's cl they're clearly huge numbers of people have started um, being part of these social networking sites. So what can we learn from social networking? The first point I want to make is that social networking is just the aggregation of web tools for the building of community and content. 
these are tools, a lot of these tools we have used before. So discussion forums, uh, uploading videos and photos, personal profile pages. I mean, these are not necessarily new tools. A social network is within the context of electronic social networking. A social network is the confluence or the combination of these tools in one place and make them easy to use. So with that understanding, I think we can see how 19,000 educators in Classroom 2.0, <coughs> so I'm so sorry, how 19,000 educators in Classroom 2.0 can be having such really good conversations that, are, that aren't anything like what our perceptions of MySpace and uh, well, particularly MySpace conversations are like. These are really um, deep, thoughtful, um, focused conversations on the use of technology and education. And it's because the tools don't carry with them necessarily anything but the inherent potential to use them. And I like to think about this as um, um, the tools that we would use, say, to build a building. You have the tools and materials and the, the bricks or the, um, uh, the mortar that you would use to build a building can be used to build a casino or they can be used to build a school. And I think in the case of MySpace, the casino went up first. So we thought, well, gosh, that means that the tools, we have to be really careful about the tools, not realizing that, in fact, that it wasn't the, the tools, it was just their use of those tools specifically with MySpace. So if you look at the, the elements of a social network, I think we can see the pedagogical value really, really quickly. We just have to kind of reframe our perspective. So your profile page really becomes a, a personal portfolio. You know, the profile page shows uh, your contributions to the network. It's also a, a place for assessment if you're looking to assess contribution. Um, you know, the great thing about a profile page is that it, uh, at least within the context of Ning and mostly social networks, it really gives you a window into the activity of the individual. You know, forum discussions, uh, these are great for announcements, assignments, asynchronous discussions. And I think about all of the uh, students who benefit from being able to think about things and then contribute uh, on their own time. Um, and, and how just rich and, uh, and, and deep, yes, deep, that uh, these conversations can be in, in a form. And I'm also particularly impressed by the degree to which a form sort of facilitates discussions um, where you can add a contribution that's just a line or two instead of having to you know, create a whole blog post around a, a larger idea. Photo and video uh, and audio uploading, you know, these are content repositories, they're student showcases. And the directory is clearly sort of a personal learning network. So I think within the, you know, if we, if we look at social networking, um, and again, we maybe have to just be careful about that phrase, we can see that uh, we don't need to be confined or constrained by the early perceptions of social networking that come from um, MySpace uh, and Facebook to some degree. So I have some advice, one of which is if you haven't joined a social network, if you're, if you're one of the group here that said that you hadn't joined any network, uh, please do. And, there, and, and I'm going to make some other recommendations uh, as well. But you don't need to feel like you actually have to come in and do anything. <clears throat> Lurking is, is great. It's a, it's a significant and recognized uh, activity. Uh, it's a really great thing to do. And you should go into networks and actually look around and see what activity is taking place. And then when you're ready, then I would recommend that you participate. Um, really, really valuable thing to do.
uh, once you're ready. Okay, so that, that's my last slide. And what I'd like to do is to take us on a little bit of a, uh, a tour here. I'm going to do the desktop sharing application uh, within Illuminate. And give me a second, I'm going to pull up Classroom 2.0. I'm going to share with you my desktop. Now I'm having, having trouble following the chat because I'm doing so much talk. Peggy or Kim, if there's something coming up that you think I need to know about, will you let me know? Chris says, I'm worried Ning will be restricted on my school network. Uh, 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 that's uh, true. Uh, a lot of schools will um, restrict access to Ning. Uh, you can get them to open up specific uh, Ning sites. You can also, um, you know, buy a custom domain name and um, and open that site up. Uh, although if you do so, there are a couple of tricks that you'll need to know, and and you can email me or or ask anyone because they're they're fairly common now. You have to open up api.ning.com. But you can see the sort of the general. Um, format of a Ning network is very much laid out in Classroom 2.0. And um, you can move the, the contents around on this page and you have some customization when you create the network. But um, you can see you have the, the member section and if I click on the actual members you'll see that we are now at 19,012. Exciting for me to wake up to that. Um, if you go back to the main page you have text boxes that you can add. You can um, uh, you have a, your latest activity features, and I think you're seeing as I scroll through here um, that uh, you can. Um, you also have now a birthdays feature. And I don't know how valuable that is, but you have your forum discussion, which to me is really the heart of the network. This is where you get a chance to to really drill down and to talk about things that are of importance. Um, and I'm missing some of these questions, so I'm, I'm going to rely on the rest of you to, to help try and answer them. Uh, one question is, can you export the content of Ning if you want to move it? There's some capability to export content from Ning. I'm not an expert in it. Um, I don't know how easy it would be to move it into something else. I know you can actually export all of your members if you wanted to let them know, um, you know, some other feature or, or bring them to a new, a new service. There was a question about most used features in Classroom 2.0. I would really love to hear from the audience on this one. Uh, you know, my favorite feature is clearly the forum discussions. Uh, I'm curious as to if, if that's the same for you. Um, and, and please go ahead and, and answer that in the chat if you'd like. Okay, I want to show you quickly how easy it is to start a Ning network. So I am going to go to Ning.com. I'm going to sign out. Now this isn't a full um, tour, but uh, I want to show you just how I'm going to move through it very quickly and I want to show you how, how easy it is. Um, and then um, you can go to education.ning.com to see the fuller one. Um, but I'm going, to, I'm going to go through it fast just so you can see how fast it actually is and maybe that will give you some confidence. So I'm going to go to sign up and I'm going to use the Gmail trick. tell each other what that is if you're needing that help. And 
it's asking for my birthday just to make sure that I'm older than 13 years. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm actually signing up and asking me to create a profile. I'm not going to go through all of this. But these profile questions are the ones that I have set up for Classroom 2.0, and you can set your yours up. Yeah, Lee, I wasn't. I was hoping nobody would really notice. Oh darn! It signed me right into Classroom 2.0. Okay, so um, <laughs> signed me as a new member. I'm the newest member of Classroom 2.0. I didn't mean to do that. But I'm going to create my own social network here. And I'm logged in as this new member, and I'm going to call it uh, Classroom 2.0 Weekly Live. And CR20 Weekly Live Buttoning.com. Okay, so I've just given it a, um, a URL uh, at Buttoning.com, and it says, it's taking me to this page, so I am in fact able to create my network. I can make it public or private. I can have a tagline, description, keywords. I'm going to skip all of these. You'll notice there's a launch button. I could actually launch right away if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. And I clicked on the next button. It's waiting. The question is, are there any advantages to Ning over Google Groups? Uh, Ning is just a much richer environment uh, than Google Groups. And I seem to not be moving forward. I'm not quite sure. Maybe Ning's undergoing some maintenance. Okay, while we're waiting for that, I want to introduce Rick Rudin from Illuminate. So a lot of you know that um, I've taken a, a job with Illuminate. Um, Illuminates a social learning consultant, and I did so because um, uh, Rajiv Arora there approached me about a project that they're working on that I think is going to have just huge implication for educators. And you're going to get a sneak peek today. This is not a sales pitch. I think you're going to find that um, that this uh, social network for educators, it's called Learn Central, uh, is um, just going to be a significant tool for educators and illuminates doing this uh, largely as a uh, way to really contribute to the educational environment at a historic period of time. So I'm going to, um, because Ning appears to be stopped here at Rick, I'm going to give you moderator capability. I'm actually going to let you take over the desktop, and I'm going to continue to set up the discussion here by telling people a little bit about Learn Central, if you wouldn't mind um, actually taking us there. So Illuminate is a web meeting platform. And, and we're in Illuminate right now, uh, running this session. And I think uh, you know those of us who've been using Illuminate have really felt like there's this enormous opportunity uh, to actually meet and collaborate. And um, you know the difficulty is you have to have a, an Illuminate room, and um, you know most of us don't, or we don't belong to an organization that um, um, you know ha has purchased that. And, and Illuminate is a you know a, a for-profit company, and they and they sell that service. But clearly, there's an historic opportunity to connect the ability to meet like this with the social networking platform. And that's what Learn Central is. And, and I'm going to skip right to the end because I'm so excited about it and let Rick describe some of the details. But not only 
is is Learn Central, a Facebook for educators, where you can find other educators based on specialties or interests that you have. You'll immediately be able to go into a, a free Illuminate session with them um, to do to hold this kind of a meeting, and groups will be able to take advantage of um, large group meetings without having to have an Illuminate subscription. So if you're teaching Latin to middle schoolers and you create a group for Latin school, middle school Latin teachers, we're actually going to provide you with the ability to schedule meetings to meet together without any cost. So I think that this is a huge thing that Illuminate's doing. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to let, turn this over to Rick, who's going to be able to describe a little bit what's going on. The site's currently in um, sort of very much of a private beta. In about two weeks, it'll be opened up to um, a little bit larger group, and we'd love to include the Classroom 2.0 members in that. So uh, Rick, go ahead and take it away. And um, you know, we've got probably Okay, great. Thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, I'm Rick Rudin, Product Manager at Illuminate, and I'm um, managing the Learn Central project. And Steve showed an image um, a few minutes ago of a building under construction um, with the walls sort of bare and, and no siding done and whatnot. And I feel like that's sort of the state of Learn Central right now. Um, so I was a little hesitant to, to show this to you because it is such an early private beta, but I think we have some enough features that we can sort of convey the concept of what we're, what we're trying to accomplish. So as Steve indicated earlier, um, Learn Central is really a confluence of social networking focused on educators along with the Illuminate real-time virtual meeting tools. So when you join Learn Central, you will automatically be provisioned with a VRM. So you can, you know, to do any additional sign up or anything, it's automatically part of your profile. So you can launch a VRM right away and hold a meeting. Um, but the first thing you want to do is is really define, describe yourself. So you, when you sign up, you're taken to your profile page. And this is where you indicate who you are, um, specifically what grades you teach, what your areas of interest are. Um, and then you can see a few of the, um, you know, the information that we're, we're, we're asking you to provide, um, your grades of interest, and then you can add anything else about you. And, and really what we're trying to do here by capturing all this information is connecting you with other instructors who have similar um, characteristics in their profile. So um, we call this the matchmaking tool. So whenever you, whatever you indicate in your profile, that will be matched up with other members in the network and you can connect with them um, and start exchanging ideas, best practices, create groups, etc. Um, so on my profile page, this is sort of my dashboard, um, and this is where my wall is. I have a blog. Um, this indicates where my, you know, who's in my network. And it's a little slow this morning because we're just opening it up and there's a lot of traffic in it. But you know, here are the people who are in my network <coughs> that I've connected with. Um, portfolio here, this is where I have content that I've either created or I've uploaded or that I've um, you know, borrowed or shared from other people. So this, these are all sort of illuminate artifacts. You know, the, Steve's recording this session. He can post the recording in in Learn Central, and other you know other folks can access it. It can be tagged and it can be shared across the network. Um, you know, the whiteboard. If Steve wanted to share, save out the whiteboard and load it up into Learn Central, um, he can he can do that here as well. Um, other 
pieces of functionality include discussion, so there's discussion forums, um, and then groups. So I've created a group for Illuminate employees for the beta testers, and this is where they'll go to provide feedback. Um, you know, if there's a UI issue they find or a functionality issue, you know, this is they join the group and then they can start participating, adding, um, you know, their input. Um, the other thing is, Steve mentioned the, you know, the capability of launching events. So, and I apologize for the, uh, again, for the performance, but in Learn Central you can create events um, and you have your own calendar where you can capture those events. You also will see a community-wide calendar and then a calendar associated with any group that you're a part of. So you just fill out this form. If you want to hold a web event, um, you can add the moderator URL, the guest URL, similar to, to how Ning works. Um, and then it will be added to either your personal calendar or your group calendar or the community calendar. Um, going forward, you know, in this first phase, Steve and I are going to be working together closely to, to monitor the community-wide events, um, the Learn Central, you know, the, the events that are open to all members, but certainly any member can go in here and, and, and hold a personal event, you know, using their view room, or if they have, um, you know, uh, Illuminate license already, they can, they can use that as well. So that's just a real quick walkthrough of, of the site. Um, Steve, is there anything else that you wanted me to cover here? No, I think you've done a great job. Uh, you know, again, we're really focused on the, the forum piece, uh, the ability to quickly meet. There's a very rich um, capability here for um, content and for sharing of content for lesson plans and the like. Um, I think, you're, I think this, this is really exciting for me. I'm very excited about it. The formal launch is actually going to be in, at NECC. Um, this is something Illuminate's doing that I think is um, terrific, and I'm hopeful that those of you who are here and get the sneak peek, uh, you know, will email me and we'll, we'll make sure that you get into the beta, so that you have a chance to um, play around and give us some feedback and and help help us really build something that will make a huge difference in education. I'm really excited about the idea of bringing teachers um, from the outside into a classroom and being able to have all the full functionality of the virtual meeting space of classrooms communicating with other classrooms um, and, and doing this. So Rick, thanks so much for, for getting up early on a Saturday morning and, and, um, and giving us that demo. It didn't seem slow to me. I know you're concerned about it because that's who you are and, and the work that you're doing. Um, and um, really appreciate all the good work that you've done there. Okay, so we're now at uh, about eight minutes before the hour, and I'm going to turn it back to you, uh, Kim and Peggy, and let me know what we're going to do next. Peggy, you want to continue with the topic or take questions? Yes, and I wanted to ask. Peggy, I think we lost your audio. Well, she, I believe what she's going to ask. Peggy, did you get your audio back? So while we're waiting for Peggy, there's a question okay. here. How does Illuminate make their money? So Illuminate makes money by selling um, their service to, uh, to large organizations you know, for holding meetings. Uh, their commitment here is to do this really for the community. There are two. There are two requirements. The events that you schedule, the, the three, the, the small meetings between individuals are free and they have been. This just makes it easier. 
the large group events have to be uh, public events and they have to be recordable. So, you know, I think ultimately Illuminate knows that they're, they're not going to lose business. They're going to gain business from people who don't want to meet those requirements, but their State Department of Ed wants to be able to have meetings and the like. But they also know that this is an historic period of time and the ability to allow educators to meet the way that we're meeting this morning and to create, you could create a weekly show. When we were in Hawaii, uh, during this conference, we had a great moment. We had an epiphany moment where the two leaders uh, of the workshop decided they wanted to do a weekly show on Web 2.0 in education for Hawaii educators. And we decided that they could call it Hawaii 2.0. Well, there really would not have been an easy way to do that. And you know, with all due respect to EdTech Talk, because they've done a great job in providing some of these tools, it, it just hasn't been that easy for someone to just be able to create a weekly show. And you will now be able to do that. You'll say, I'm going to hold Hawaii 2.0 once a week or once a month at 9 o'clock on Friday mornings. And uh, within, the, within the Learn Central environment, you'll be able to do so for free. It has to be public. It has to be recordable. So there's an archive of events. But I think the vision here is so huge and so dramatic that um, you know, Illuminate is saying, we, we just want to see this happen. Uh, that doesn't mean they're not, you know, ultimately hoping to increase their, their regular subscriptions and and um, and have people more aware of the service. But from the standpoint of Learn Central, it's very much a a do good project. Okay, Stephen, Peggy asked a question. What advice do you have to make a meme successful? Oh, good. I actually have a blog post on this, so let me pull that up. So that you can, uh, I can give that to you. It's interesting. The, the whole concept of um, what makes a social network successful is stretching a, a lot of us in terms of our understanding. And and one of the great lessons for me has been that it's um, that it's about the conversation more than anything. And sometimes a network that I start, and I've started plenty, don't even get close to 18,000. They don't even get close to 50 members. And other ones do. And so it's very hard to predict. And so I think a part of it is you don't really know. So you, you just kind of build them and see which ones work. And make sure that when you're building a network that it actually solves something for people. It needs to provide them with a solution or, or some way help them in their professional, personal lives, either saving them time or giving them an outlet for something they wanted to talk about. It's really frequent, and I've done this many times myself, it's common to create a network thinking, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if people could talk about the following? But there's no really compelling reason for people to do so right away, and so it just kind of becomes additional noise, and you have to kind of allow that to happen and not feel badly about it, but find something where people really do want to talk, and maybe it's, you know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to start it at your school with your faculty members, Finding discussions that they want to have that they're not able to have in their in, in your in your weekly or monthly meetings, where that they get voice and they actually have an opportunity to express themselves in a way that they want. So let me find that uh, link, and while I'm doing so, you, Tim, you can move on or ask another question. But I'll post that in the chat room, and it's I think it's six lessons I've learned about social networking. Okay, and somebody asked if there is a new network for kids ages eight to ten. There are no Ning networks because Ning complies with COPPA, the Child Online okay. Privacy and Protection, I think it's Privacy and Protection Act, um, which, which is very interesting because it puts Ning in a very difficult position. 
commercial companies cannot house and hold personal information for those who are under 13. And even though Ning may not be providing a commercial service if the if the Ning networks for education are ad free because Ning is a commercial company, they could they could get fined a lot of money for allowing people under the age of 13 to register on Ning. So there really isn't a good Ning solution, um, and I'm not even sure that I know of any other good solutions outside of Ning. And if you do, please feel free to put it in the chat. But this is obviously a difficulty and something we have to work out culturally. I mean, we're seeing things of huge significance take place, and we're we're having to negotiate these new technologies with our cultural values. And, and clearly, we're concerned about youth and their use of, you know, their their being online and other people's access to them. So we don't have a good solution for that right now. Okay. Another question was um, how to manage me. How do you manage all of the names that you're a member of? Well, so uh, if it's managing in terms of keeping up with all the information, you can use the RSS feeds and, and you know it creates some kind of a solution in your reader. Um, that's what I've typically done. Although I actually, for Ning Networks, I end up using my email inbox really as my RSS reader. So I follow the conversations I want to and 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 get the. Um, the emails from them. I did use PageFlakes for a while, and um, I can put that link up um, as well. Did I end up putting a link in for? Maybe I didn't. It just I did the same went thing. By too fast. Yeah. So um, there is a there is a PageFlakes solution I've created where you can track multiple networks in each network on a different tab, and that actually worked for me quite well for a while. Then I stopped using it and just let the inbox go. And I think in part because there's so much information now, and so many more networks that that have opportunities for me to track discussions that I don't I don't even worry anymore about participating in all of them. I kind of like the analogy of a um, of a party. You know, I go to the party. I participate in the conversations with the people that I'm talking to at the party. I don't worry about all the other conversations going on. I don't worry about everything that, was, that took place before I got to the party. I don't ask people to take notes of the conversations after the party. So to some degree, there's so much conversation now that I just try and participate meaningfully in the ones that I'm a part of. And maybe more and more people are feeling that way. Oh, maybe it was NetVibes. So, so Shambles Guru has a solution at NetVibes. They're very similar in their setup and their purposes. Um, we're running out of time, but one other question I saw was, um, is there a wiki module for the Ning communities? No, I really wish that they would do that. And I actually introduced Ning to Adam at Wikispaces and said, you know, you guys need to talk. Um, you know, I, Ning is very focused on producing a, a certain kind of social networking experience. They're not really geared around education. I mean, I think they've been shocked at how much educators have used Ning. Um, you know, but clearly, Wiki would really benefit in the Ning networks, but I haven't seen anything uh, from there yet. Hey, Rick at Illuminate wanted me to let you know that the current beta right now, at least for until March 16th, is just for Illuminate employees. Um, it, after that, it will be open. But we've gotten requests from you. Those of you who have sent them directly to Rick, and we'll make sure that you. Um, that you have a chance to um, to get in early, and do email me as well. You know, I'm I'm um, going to be very publicly visible in this project, and and really want to make sure that that um, as you find features or have experiences in Learn Central, that you help me understand how we can make it better. 
Okay. Um, there are lots of questions still coming in. Did you want to take a few more minutes, or did you want them to email you, Steve? No, I'll stay on. If you want to close so that people can, can go and don't okay. feel like they're being held captive on Saturday, please do so. But I'll actually stay on as long as people have questions, and I'll answer them all. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Um, let me go ahead and wrap up this session and give you a little bit more information uh, before everybody goes. But we want to thank you so much for joining us. I put your slides at the very end. Okay, guys. Next week, March 7th, our topic is going to be Twitter for Teachers. And we're going to have a special guest, Rod Lucier. Is that, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, so I apologize if I butchered it. And our newbie question is going to be, what is Twitter and how can I use it to support my teaching? So if you've never used Twitter or if you haven't used it with your students, this is going to be a great show next week to join us to find out how to use it in your classroom. And I know it's blocked and there are some issues, but we're going to find out some interesting ways and, and things. And we're going to put in the link to the survey. I'll get that and I'll keep going. And if you could fill out the survey and give us feedback to illuminate as well as on the session, we would greatly appreciate that. And I'll get that in just one second. And Steve's also um, started another name, thefutureofeducation.com. And there's some great interviews um, that are scheduled. And he's mentioned some of them already. And I have seen several participants in both of those sessions um, in here and there. And coming up, um, Gary Steger, um, what is education reform on this coming Monday on March the 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific, and there'll be information on the link to join the Illuminate session. On March the 5th, Diana Kimball and Alex Levin um, will be talking about and having the Harvard students and interns that helped with create the book and write the book Born Digital. That session will be on March the 5th on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific in Illuminate in conjunction with PBS and Knowledge Works Foundation. So join us uh, for those uh, two sessions this coming week. And you can find out more information at futureofeducation.com. And we want to give a special thanks to First Illuminate for providing this room and this forum. And Steve Harganon for being our guest, who is also the founder of Classroom 2.0 and the founder of the show and the thefutureofeducation.com. And we thank so much for everybody who came today and participated in the show. And again, I only want to thank Illuminate for providing just a great room and with all the features, including the Learn Central and the Illuminate rooms that you'll have access to in the future. So um, we're going to open it back up to some of the questions. If you'd like to use the microphone, um, please raise your hand, and we'll be able to uh, pass you the mic. You can also put your questions um, in the chat. And Steve, I saw a question earlier about the Learn Central. Somebody asked if there's going to be a widget that you can put on a blog or on a, um, I guess, a blog or another wiki or something. Uh, if you could answer that while I get the survey link. Sure. So thanks, everybody, for coming. And, and certainly don't feel like you have to say it, but I will stay and answer questions. And I know that was a lot of 
uh, it was a pretty fast show. So um, I, I, it, I know that's in the development plan. I'm learning a lot about software development. I'm not learning to do it, but I'm learning about how complicated it is. Um, and there, there are definitely stages for the rollout for Learn Central, uh, which, by the way, will be at learncentral.org. Um, so yeah, I know it is in the plan, and, um, and and we have a lot of fun ideas for ways in, to, you know to integrate across different networks. Uh, we have some great uh, content partnerships coming up. So hopefully, in addition to the the ability to connect and communicate, you're going to be able to find really terrific content in there from some content partners. And again, we you know this is part of uh, kind of this vision of social networking as uh, something really significant for education. You know, whatever we calling it, Learn Central, I guess, is better than calling it social networking, or calling it educational networking. But this idea that there is this huge uh, potential for educators to connect with each other. You know, and I wanted to talk a little bit about um, this concept of the long tail in education, which just is so stunningly important for me. The idea that you know, as an educator, uh, being able to connect with others and be passionate about what you do, um, and develop expertise and specialties um, that then become become part of you and, par and part of your professional persona. It's very exciting for me. Um, Jim Bigley in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a, a guy I met uh, this past fall doing a Classroom 2.0 live workshop, specializes in using technology to teach the Civil War. And I'm so excited that teachers are going to be able to find him and bring him in by video very easily and have him present to a class. And um, and for there to be the dialogue and conversation that take place in an Illuminate session uh, as a part of that. And also, somebody asked if there's going to be ad-free needs for education purposes. If there are going to be what? Ad-free needs without the advertisement. Right. You know, um, uh, I did a lot of consulting for Nang, and uh, that contract closed in December, um, my contract with them. And at the time, I think they decided they were not going to pursue the ad-free Nang for education outside of just the grades, student networks grade 7 to 12. You know, I've, I've got to give a lot of kudos to Nang. You know, they've done a terrific job with this. But they really are focused on um, the commercial network more than they are the educational network. and. Um, I haven't heard anything to indicate that they're going to open that up in the ways that I'd hoped that they might. Um, and, and you know, and again, they're doing great things for education. That just may not be one mm -hmm. of them. Okay. And somebody mentioned the, uh, regarding the Learn Central site uh, about the intellectual property rights. Because there was that big issue with Facebook recently um, when they said that they were owning some of the the property and the right. rights. So that's a good question, um, and, and I'm going to have to defer to Rick in terms of the actual user agreement related to that. I'm sure he's been looking at it. Again, from the standpoint of the live events, you know, the requirement for those events to be free is that they be public and publicly recorded. So certainly, if you hold a live event, um, like middle school Latin teachers, you know, meeting once a week, you know, that content will stay within the network even if you leave the network. Um, you know the question of your individual content and information staying up when you leave. You know, I, I, I can say with some certainty that that will go away. But, but Rick, if you want to address that with any greater degree of information, please feel free to. Okay, yeah, I mean, and Ian asked. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Rick. Go right ahead. Yeah, I apologize. Um, 
yeah, there's there's no restriction on the content. Learn Central, it's an open environment, an open network, and so you you own your content. There's there's no um, agreement that any content that you are uploading is is you know granted ownership by Learn Central. Okay, great, thank you. And Ian asked a question about can you have private groups in Learn yeah. Central? Yes, you can create private groups in Learn okay. Central. Um, you can also create public groups. And there's a question about ads. Um, there will be targeted ads um, that are, you know, focused on education, the, the education market. Um, and we are working on. We haven't implemented that yet, and we're trying to be very careful about how we how we proceed with the uh, the advertisement piece of it. Okay, and. Will the the ads, of course, will um, what kind of ads will be on the on the network at Learn Central? They're saying that they're worried about questionable ads. Right. So you know, we want to look at certainly our customers, uh, Illuminate customers, who are for the most part higher ed and K through 12 schools, um, virtual schools. <clears throat> we're definitely very concerned about having questionable ads on the on the network, and we do want to get to a model ultimately where we're doing direct selling of ads, so that we can really um, stay on top of and, and really you know calibrate what advertisements are being served up on the network. We don't want any of the like ads you see on Facebook or MySpace or anything like that. That's just not acceptable. And will students and um, parents be able to join the network, or is it just the education? In early phases, it's targeted just at educators. Um, in later phases, we will be, um, you know, opening it up to teachers and students. But right now, there isn't any functionality that necessarily serves. I'm sorry, parents and students. Um, but in the early phases, there really isn't much in the way of functionality that serves um, parents or or students. Okay, thank you. And Weedy, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. Weedy, did you want to take the microphone? And um, ask your question or share a comment. Okay, uh, we'll come back. Folly, did you want to, uh, Lydia? If you, oh, you you have your microphone now. We're not hearing you. So um, check your audio setup wizard, and we'll come back to you, Lee, if you still um, would like to use the microphone. And Dolly, did you want to ask your question? You have the microphone. Hello? Am I on? Yes, we can. You sure are. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Uh, I, you know, I guess this is a question for uh, for Steve and Rick. Uh, I, I teach community college in California and very, very new to all of this, but uh, I teach photography, and so, of course, I've watched the slow pace of curriculum and infrastructure change uh, with all of the new digital stuff and all of the old administrators and IT personnel, uh, and I'm wondering what I can do, if anything, within California to monitor what's going on at the state level uh, in education about uh, adopting policy for these kinds of tools in, in you know the, the California school system, uh, more of an informative thing, but you know often often pushing uphill uh, is is more difficult than than pulling things up to the level of uh, maybe what's going on in Sacramento. 
Eva Rick. Steve, I was going to defer that question to you. <laughs> <laughs> we lose Steve. I'm not hearing you, Steve. Um. Am I back? Yes, now you are. Thank you. <laughs> so, Polly, uh, why don't you email me that and, and let me think about it with you. Uh, we'll think out loud. I'm at steve at hardgadon.com. And uh, it's, a, it's a great question. And, and uh, if it's okay with you, let's kind of pursue that offline. Okay. And then, I'm sorry about my dog barking, but... Okay, uh, we'll go on to Cameron. Did you have a question, Cameron? You have the microphone? I'm talking to the question. <laughs> Cameron, I'm hearing you, so if you want to try again, just raise your hand and we'll give you the microphone again. Ian, uh, you have the microphone if you want to give a natural question, Ian. Okay, Kim, thanks very much. Uh, Steve, Rick, Peggy, guys, uh, really appreciate this evening. Um, just wanted to uh, ask uh, Steve uh, the question. If you were setting up uh, Class uh, 2.0 now, um, would you be thinking of using Learn Central, or would you still uh, use, uh, use Ning? So that's a really good question. Um, classroom 2.0 was the you know the intent of classroom 2.0 was to was to help introduce web 2.0 educators who had not uh, had an opportunity to um, to feel comfortable doing that before. So what I like about Learn Central is that it's much more it's much better geared towards education. You get to put in what your specialties are. The search capabilities to find other educators will be will be greater. So I have to say kind of candidly, I I think I would start with Learn Central, not classroom 2.0. You know, what Classroom 2.0 has right now, it has great discussions. And I think it's going to continue to have them. And so, you know, it, it, it continues and has a life of its own. But Classroom 2.0 is really limited to discussions about the use of Web 2.0 in education. And there's no easy way to go from there to Latin teachers or to English as a second language teachers in those discussions. And that's been noticeably missing. And so, um, you know, part of what we hope Learn Central will do is to make it so that you can, if you're in that environment, you're having a discussion about Latin for middle school, and you're also the PE teacher, that you can go have the discussion about physical education and that you have a discussion about social studies. So, you know, I think Classroom 2.0 stays the place to talk about Web 2.0 in education, but hopefully Learn Central becomes kind of the Facebook. Um, obviously, Facebook on steroids, but you know the Facebook place where you can actually have much better connections. Because unfortunately, Ning doesn't do a great job with that in the profiling, and doesn't do a great job of connecting uh, those different networks together. So, good question. Thank you, Ian and Cameron. Did you uh, want to take the mic and ask a question? Can't hear you. Have you tried the audio setup wizard? Cameron, it doesn't look like your uh, mic is getting activated. So do you know to click the microphone button at the lower left of the uh, participants box down in the audio box? 
to actually activate your mic. If you maximize your window or drag it to where you can see it. Uh, it's just the button is missing today for audio. I'm not sure why that would be. You need to have that button in order to speak, but you're welcome to put your question in the chat. And uh, Ian asks if you're going to move the the class 2.0, the classroom 2.0 mean to learn central? No, we don't have any, I don't think we have any plans to do that. I mean, you know, hopefully a good percentage of the people who are in classroom 2.0 will find value in learn central, um, some exciting value, but there's no easy way, nor do I think we have a desire to shift people away from classroom 2.0. But, you know, I think learn central has the potential to be significantly larger than classroom 2.0. And so, um, and ultimately, I think classroom 2.0 becomes this, you know, at 18,000, 19,000 members, it's hard to imagine it being small. But, you know, the small discussion about um, the use of Web 2.0 in the classroom, whereas Learn Central is the larger discussion of education as a whole. So look at Cameron found his mic. Do you know how to turn it on, Cameron? I'm going to give you the mic back. Off by mistake. Sorry. You want to try again? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Sure can. You're good. We heard you, but then it looked like you clicked it off again. Going off. Now can you hear me? Hmm. Yeah. Sure can. You can leave it clicked on until you're finished asking your question and then you can click it off. You should see a yellow circle when you're talking and we don't see that. Okay, now is it there you go. Yellow? There you go. Okay. Um, now I'm it, is. Yes. it is. Yes. Okay, I'm a K-5 technology coach in Alabama. Just started a meeting and I wanted to know if you had any more tips on getting people to start participating, any ideas uh, more quickly. <laughs> So, Cameron, I had a hard time hearing that question. Can you ask it again? Uh, yes. Um, I'm a K-5 technology coach and just started it in my um, uh, elementary school. And I wanted to know if you have any more ideas for getting the teachers, you know, more ex participating more quickly. Any good nuggets of ideas that you tried? <laughs> Cameron, is that in Web 2.0 or in uh, the use of social networking? Uh, they're participating in the Ning. I set up a Ning for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. my experience has been that you definitely have to have some uh, outcome that really helps them. So if the teachers um, are finding that they normally don't get a chance to speak in the um, staff meetings, where there's a particularly hot button issue that uh, they would really like to contribute to, but they don't feel like their voice is heard. Those are the kind of stories I hear where people are having success starting a network, or there's an inherent desire to collaborate, um, and uh, they haven't had the platform before. You know, with how busy educators are, it's often really hard to get them to come in and to see the potential of something. The story I like to tell is um, Moodle. You know, Moodle's a learning management system. It's open source software. It's a wonderful, brilliant program. A lot of educators just start using it because of the quiz module, because it saves them time grading quizzes. Then they discover the other features. It's almost like you have to have that kind of a quiz module functionality for them right off the bat. 
you know, there has to be something that saves them time doing. Or, you know, like I've discovered for some of my networks, you just put it out there and, and you let it lie fallow for a while. And I started, I have a skin condition called vitiligo, which is a loss of pigment in my skin. It's Michael Jackson's same disease. And I started a network for people with vitiligo probably a year ago, thinking, you know, there's a significant percentage of people who have vitiligo and maybe they'd like to talk. It can be particularly debilitating emotionally uh, for some individuals. And it really didn't do anything until about two months ago. And then all of a sudden, it kind of picked up. So it may just be you just kind of let it out there and you don't worry about it and you make it available. And then people discover it and they discover ways to talk and then all of a sudden they're really glad to have it. And, and you, you, know, you just can't worry until that point in time. Well, great. Thank you. Are there any other questions? The microphone is activated, but I don't, I don't hear him. So Danelle asks, what's your advice for deciding the best tool for new projects? You know, Danelle, that's a really, really good question. And I, I think, um, you know, one way to answer that would be to say, use the tool that you're most familiar with. And a lot of these tools have discussion capability, they have organizational capability, they have uh, contribution capability. So, so the degree to which your ability to, ability to uh, I'm going to turn off Witty's sound, I think it's getting an echo back. Um, your, the degree to which you can use the tool probably is a, a bigger determining factor than uh, anything else. On the other hand, as you become more and more comfortable with these tools, you'll find that you know some projects, a wiki really works well. But a wiki is not great at discussion, so then a name works better there if it's discussion-based. You know, I think we're going to more and more see these tools kind of come together and, and merge in the functionalities. Like if you look at Wet Paint, it's a wiki, but it has social networking functionality, and, and we're going to see that more and more. You know, if you have a specific question, this is a great place to ask it, this Classroom 2.0 community, either in the actual network or on these weekly meetings. You know, that would be a good place to ask the question, and maybe others could help you, you know, pick the tool depending on what the project is. Woody, did you want to turn your microphone again? Woody, we see your mic. We don't know we're not hearing you from me. Poor Peggy's been micless. We're not hearing you. I'm sorry, Woody. Can you type your question? <laughs> and I'm so sorry, Peggy. Ian, did you have one another question to ask? You have the mic if you'd like to ask it. Okay, thanks again, uh, Kim. Um, it's getting dark here in the UK, so uh, I need to uh, to run away too soon. Um, Steve, um, in the uh, in the late 90s, I, I ran a series of online games uh, networks, um, and in those days, I found that for every hundred people who were registered, um, maybe ten of them were uh, were users of the of the service, and and maybe three of them uh, became uh, regular uh, users. Um, 
do those uh, sort of uh, statistics uh, apply to uh, social networks? So do you have any stats about um, uh, the breakdown from registered to active? And the, the other question is, um, I, I really commend you for the work you've, you've done uh, and uh, in building and um, promoting the communities. Um, at what point in class 2.0 did you feel the need to add the hosts? Oh, so those are really great questions. Um, okay, so the answer to the first is, I don't have any great reporting capability in Classroom 2.0, but I do use Google Analytics. So I can tell you that with 19,000 members, we have somewhere between four and 5,000 visits a day. And of those four and 5,000 visitors, four to 5,000 visitors, about half are first-time visitors. So if half are returning visitors, and somewhere between 2,000 and 2,500 people are coming back again. You know, I'm not sure what that tells us. You know, I will say that if you look at the people who contribute, you know, um, in the actual network, you know, a lot of names pop up over and over again. And I think that you know, probably we we fit whatever profile it is for for Wikipedia and in terms of contribution. But again, you know, part of the idea of the network was to make it such that people didn't have to contribute, that they could come in to see the value of a social network in education. So I don't, I've never worried about that. There is a study being done um, by two researchers um, who, who have taken the classroom 2.0 data and are running it through all kinds of um, analytical formulae to, to figure out if, um, you know, some real correlation there. And I think we're going to see some fun statistics. You know, I think they'll, I don't know how they're going to inform us, but I think they will. And, and I'm interested in that. The host, the host came up after we held, um, a, we held a couple of sort of open meetings to talk about the future of Classroom 2.0 when it was uh, started to grow faster than than we thought it was going to, and and people said that they were interested in hosting, and and so we added the hosts. You know, some of the hosts are active in in replying to people when they come into the network to help them feel comfortable. Uh, others don't really do a whole lot. Again, it's a little it's probably a little more loosey goosey than uh any of us thought it would be, but it's a labor of love. And so um you know nobody's really devoted full time to it and and we just sort of watch as it goes and, and add things as, as they seem needed. Um Ning has recently added the capability to to give members tiered capabilities for managing the network. You know, the biggest difficulty I have, the biggest two difficulties I have are one, tracking the conversations. I just can't read all of them. And so new members come in and I, they don't get welcomed by me. And, and you know, we've learned that lesson with Learn Central. You're, you're going you're to get a welcome message from me as soon as you join. Uh, the second is that there is spam. And it's not a huge amount of spam, but you know, some, there has to be the ability to delete members quickly if they're posting an inappropriate photo. I mean, this is an educational network, and we want to showcase the value of an educational social network. So, um, you know, probably pretty soon, I'm going to ask a couple of people to to take on to give them the ability to to do that banning and remove members. The problem is, the moment I give that capability to somebody, they actually could remove all the members from the network. So it scares me a little, and I'm trying to figure out. Um, <laughs> how to handle that emotionally. I'm sure I don't need to worry, but I do. Good question, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Are there any other questions that anybody else would like to ask? 
before we start? Ian's asking, can right you now? add PowerPoints? You, you can add PowerPoints to Classroom 2.0. Um, you can't add them as actual slideshows, but if you go to SlideShare, you can add your PowerPoint to SlideShare, and then you can put the embed code in, um, in your name network or Classroom 2.0. And Sue, would you like to take the mic to ask a question? I just have a question about technical uh, technical matters with uh, Learn Central. Will it illuminate? Will it download as an illuminate file so that I don't have to try to get my uh, special permission from my district to use the pro to for the install? So I'm going to answer until Rick cuts me off. But um, you know, it is a website. So it will be like any other. Um, uh, when you go to to enter into an Illuminate conversation with someone else, or you are creating a group event, it will work the same way that Illuminate does. It will actually download that um, the file that you have to open, just as you did today. But uh, you're, you are going to need to make sure that Learn Central is not blocked by your district. But we don't anticipate that it will be, um, you know, because it really is educationally oriented, and there are no other services around it. You know, Ning often gets blocked because there are a lot of non-educational services being offered. So our hope is that Learn Central won't won't experience that at all. It's going to be more more an issue of of the actual downloading of the of the module. Um, right now, we have permission to download Illuminate modules when we want to hold sessions mm -hmm. or hold events. Will Learn Central be downloading as an Illuminate? Module or under a separate title, in which case I have to get a dish. I have to go through an approval process. No, same. It should be the exact same procedure. It should be the same exact kind of file. Well, you've all stayed uh, thank an you extra too. half hour. And thank you so much. Next week we hope to have Lorna with us. Um, ill and helping her daughter move, but she'll be joining us when we missed her today. Uh, but we thank you so much for everybody's time. And please join us next week at the same time as we learn about using Twitter in the classroom and Twitter for teachers. And thank thanks you everyone so for much coming. for being today and for staying. And thanks again, Steve and Illuminate, for providing the forum for us. If you haven't filled out the survey, do so. Um, you can do so now or um, after the show. And we appreciate your feedback and your time today. And thanks to Rick for coming on. Nice to have you here, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Peggy. Sorry your mic wasn't working. And thanks, Kim, for doing a great job. Tolly, did you have another question? Yeah, you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Well, I just thought since everybody else left, I, I might uh, I might see if there is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not much of a typist, and so I just wanted to know if you guys, obviously, you're sort of an evangelist in this area, and and Rick, it sounds like he's got his hands full doing all of this. But I mean, is there uh, promotion at your level or at the 
sales level to, uh, you know, uh, I don't even want to talk about districts. I mean at the state level to people who are providing funding in Congress in Sacramento and, and you know, uh, I just wondered if that's if that's happening at all or if that's something in the future. Yeah, it's such a good question. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, one of the things I'm learning about myself is that you know, that I'm, you know, I have some things that I do well and others that I don't. I think I'm really good at bringing beginners into these kind of environments. Uh, I'm really good at holding these free workshops. I'm good at talking about the technology in ways that uh, help people to feel more comfortable with them. Politically, I'm completely out of my league. You know, I just don't know how those discussions get held. I'm not a part of them. Uh, I'm not strategic in that way. I don't, I don't do that kind of long-term thinking, which is why I think this is a really good discussion to start, and, but one that I'm probably not the guy to actually be a part of. You know, I, mean, I can point people to it, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think the futureofeducation.com website might be a really good place to start talking about this. Um, and there are people who are working at the policy level, you know, who, who are good at that and who have a better understanding. I tend to be in the disruptive camp, meaning, um, <laughs> you know, I, I see these technologies as disrupting existing systems. I think exactly. That, um, exactly. I think they're, they're going to, I think we're going to be shocked in two years at the level of activity that takes place in virtual meetings and online. And... You know that's part of my part of my passion, and it's why you know when Illuminate called me, I said yes. This is something I can evangelize because I really believe in it, and I really think you know you want to make a difference historically, and I want to be a part of that. Um, and you know I think it's going to be something of a surprise, and I think the uh, the leadership piece is a little bit of a mystery to me because I tend to be more in the I'm going to get it out there and 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 let people play with it, and then they can figure out how to sell it and pitch it. Okay, so you're, you're uh, um, uh, well, I guess I'm unclear. You're, you're a consultant, right? You're, you're sort of a, uh, an evangelist consultant, is that, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, so I do work for COSIN, the Consortium for School Networking, around open technologies. I run their uh, K-12 Open Technologies uh, Initiative. That's a paid position at COSIN. Um, then I uh, also do um, this work for, for Illuminate, and I started Classroom 2.0. So I don't fit into an easy box because okay. um, most of what I'm doing is, is, is passion-based, and the, you know, the organizations have sought me out and said, hey, we'd like to support this and, and support you and what you're doing. And I speak at conferences, and I get paid to speak. Um, but um, so I don't, so I'm, I'm a little bit of an outsider in that regard, meaning I came at this from the open source side with the idea that there was something really significant taking place historically, and and it's sort of morphed. Uh, you know, a, a lot of my time now is around Web 2.0. But I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not within a traditional organization, and I and I've never been an educator, you know, aside from parenting four children. So I a lot of this I just have to claim. Um, Ignorance. I, you know, I don't know how that works, and I don't know how to do it. I'm really happy to support the effort. I'm happy to help publicize it, but I would be, uh, it would be a misrepresentation of my skill set to say that I would actually be good at helping in actually participating in that. Oh no, 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 no! And I, and I was not assuming that this is any part of your job. I just wondered, you know, if anything was going on like that, because that's that's something that, that at my level would be interesting to, to follow. I mean, I my 
well, and maybe we should talk about this. Put the entire email down. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm a commercial photographer, and and I teach college part time, and you know I'm in a program that is just absolutely on fire uh, in in photo education, and you know we've got people with uh, incredible skill sets coming in and teaching you know one day a week or two days a week, and the the structure of the school is just a bummer when it comes to actually teaching what it is that we do, which is right. is new, current, contemporary technology. I mean, I, I can't even use my laptop in my classroom because, you know, it doesn't connect with their server. I have to use the thing that's stuck to the desk, which, you know, it, it, it's so the frustration at my level is, and, and I'm, and, you know, I get it. I understand that the IT's job is to, is to keep out all the spam and the hackers and the people that want to tear down everything they've built. But it, it's gotten to the point where it's, it's definitely not facilitating what it is that the school is built for. Uh, so, right. Uh, and, and these these days, my specialty is automotive photography. So these days, I find myself with a little time on my hands. <laughs> To think about all this, <laughs> and and right. sort of looking for uh, looking for a way to maybe right. jump in and get involved. So uh, so anyway, uh, well, this has been very very helpful, and very productive, and, and I will shoot you an email with my contact information. And if anything, uh, if anything comes to mind, or you know, if if there's, I, I may try to make it out there to Palm Springs on Wednesday. I just man, I just learned about Ning uh, last week. <laughs> And, and found right. you, and found this conference, and found, and it was exactly what I was looking for in the right timing. So, anyway, That's thanks fun. for staying on with me. Oh no, and I'm really glad you brought it up because you know one of the slides I love to show in my presentations is I spoke to a group of chief technology officers in Atlanta. And here I'm in a room with 50 to 60 <coughs> CTOs, and there was there was only one laptop. You look at the picture; you can only see one laptop open. So here are the people who are largely responsible for maintaining, you know, for the computer equipment in education in this area, and they're not using the computer themselves as a learning tool. And so I think we, you know, there's something there's something very interesting there. We're trying to, you know, we've largely put computers under the business programs at most schools. We we brought them into schools and we said, well, okay, they have to be maintained and they have to make sure they can't have viruses on them. But we, you know, we, they haven't really transformed education. And you know, the, one of the, I think you might really like the Keith Kruger presentation, which is on future of education. I think the recording's up. But you know, Keith talks Keith, about the Keith fact Kruger. that you know, yeah, Keith Kruger. You know, Keith talks okay. about the fact that um, you know, in business, we did the same thing. We brought computers into business. We thought it would transform business. And then there was a period of time where we actually said, "Wow, we're, we're less productive." We think we might even be less productive because of computers. Then something happened, you know, and, and businesses were transformed tremendously because of the computer. But there was a period of time when we thought we, maybe we shouldn't have brought them in. I think we're going through the same thing in education. I think that I came to an epiphany this week in Honolulu at the workshop. The epiphany for me was the computer is going to be education. And it's going to happen so fast that one of our biggest problems is going to be educators who don't know anything about the computer. I mean, I think this is going to happen fast and suddenly, and all of a sudden we're going to have this body of educators who are really going to be out of place. And how, you know, what what will happen to them and what will we do?
Yeah, no, I mean, I just been setting up my own little uh, Ning network uh, this last week and getting it out to my students. I teach two classes, and, and all of a sudden I've got, I think, close to 80 people on my Ning network. And, uh, you know, I've been posting things, and I, and I, and I was, you know, I'm having fun because I do Facebook and, you know, so for me it's kind of cool and it all makes sense and it's working great, but I think, well, wait a minute, you know, if I, what's going to happen when this is expected of every instructor in the department? You know, we've got some full-timers who have been around since the 60s, and there's no way they're going to do this. Yeah, that was the scary thought for me was realizing, sitting with a group of educators in Honolulu, this is this is coming at us like a train, and it's so big and it's so historic. And and what's going to happen to those educators who, who do not feel comfortable with the computer? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. This has been great, Steve. Thanks very much for staying in the line with me. I, I will be in touch. Now, are you going to be in uh, in uh, Palm Springs uh, next week? I will, and I'm I'm around everywhere. So just ping me, and you know, this virtual world, you can. Find anybody anytime, anywhere. So well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm in Southern California, so I, I may drive out okay. there for the mixer on uh, on Wednesday. You'd really like it. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. And Cameron, thanks for sticking around. Uh, yeah, uh, Clay Christ Clayton Christensen's book certainly is uh, talking about this very specifically. I'll check it out. Bye bye. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go. Thanks, uh, Kim, for sticking around. Okay. And, uh, Thank you, Steve. For all you do, Cameron, Appreciate Mike, it. and Polly. We're actually gonna kick you out of the room so the recording will process. So you're gonna see you get kicked out. Sorry to do that to you. But thanks for coming today. And Kim, I'm gonna exit. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Bye.